0: Hi, welcome to Bunch of
1: Mom Sense, a podcast where two moms talk all things kids, work, life, and, and everything, everything in between. Hey, everybody, welcome to Bunch of Mom Sense. This is
0: Jessica. And this is Heather, and we're excited you all have joined us, and we are also excited to have a friend of ours on the podcast tonight, Desiree. She is a mom of two and the host of the Sippin' and Dishin' podcast. Hello, Desiree. How are you? Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be on Bunch of
2: since.
0: Yay! Thanks for being here. Um, yeah, I'm actually a really big fan. I listen to you guys all the time. Oh, thank you. And that is how we initially connected is through our podcast. And I'm a huge fan of Sip and Edition and that you do with your friend Justine. And um, it's a great podcast just to laugh and you guys let loose and just tell it like it is. And I just appreciate all of that about the podcast. So do you want to tell everybody um, a little bit about yourself? And then we're going to talk a little bit about the podcast and we're going to talk about a couple of things about motherhood too. So um, share about yourself real fast.
2: Okay. So I'm a working mom, so I do have a full-time job. Um, The podcast is kind of like a hobby of mine because, you know, I feel like life's kind of hard. So you need something that could be a good outlet for you to be able to have fun and enjoy Um, Because I do have two kids and they're pretty young. My daughter is four, going to be five in May. And then I have a son who is two, who's going to be three in May. Their birthdays are like right back to back. So that's kind of hectic. Mm -hmm, But yeah, they're like tons of fun though. Like it's, everyone's like nervous about having your kids kind of close together, which it is kind of hard because I mean, at that age they're really needy. But it's really cool to see them like grow together and kind of be in similar paths.
0: No, that is okay. fun. No, that is fun. I know um, mine are spread out, and um, I always kind of like had sympathy. I don't know why for some of my friends that had their kids so close together, but now that I see them older, I'm like, it's so cool to see them close in age and like each other's playmates. And mm-hmm. I know not always best friend, but you know, just to have that bond, I think it's so special. So I think that's really neat that your kids are so close in age. I
1: pray yeah, mine grow gonna- up with that bond, but right now they're killing me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, I couldn't even imagine having three all the same age. Like oh. that just seems mm. four years old is going to be the death of me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, having a four-year-old is hard in general. I can't imagine having four at the same or three at the same time. Like that just seems like a lot. And that is why I am here
1: over at Heather's every chance <laughs> I get. <laughs> a well-needed
0: break. <laughs> Very <For> true. Yeah. <laughs> so, I know which is kind s- of what.
2: Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying that's kind of like why we also started a podcast, too, is we just kind of needed a break because motherhood can be so overwhelming. And so it's like me and Jesse are constantly with each other and supporting each other and getting, taking breaks together. So it's awesome that you guys have that, too.
0: And I think that's why I really enjoy your podcast because um, like you said, Jessica and I have that bond and I think it is good to have in this journey of motherhood that we're all in. And I know we're all going through different phases of it. It's just nice to have that person that you can just be frank and candid with and they don't, there's no judgment. It's a judgment-free zone. And I know that you and Justine have a a lot of similarities in y'all's relationship too.
2: Yeah, we're definitely not judgmental. We love just bringing people on with all different backgrounds and kind of just wanting to talk about them. That's kind of like why we started the podcast is like last year, we both kind of went through some pretty traumatic things in our life with uh, Justine losing her mom and then my daughter getting her autism diagnosis. So life just felt so overwhelming that we wanted something that we can use to connect with other people and other women where we could kind of just forget about, the woes of our lives and kind of embrace and celebrate everyone else's lives. You know, like it's just kind of therapeutic for us.
0: And you all have a variety of guests on each week, which I also love. I mean, just women from different walks of life. Do you want to just share with our listeners a little bit about, because um, I know there's some intention behind that and y'all wanting to inspire and support other women through your podcast. You want to just share how y'all go about finding and, and promoting the guests that y'all do have on your podcast?
2: Yeah, so for us right now, it's kind of just the relationships we already have in life. So we're pretty close-knit, and we have, like, lots of different friends groups with different backgrounds. So we just, like, want an excuse, like, hey, do you want to come over and hang out and chat about whatever's going on in your life? And let's have a drink. Let's kind of, like, focus on you. And then, so me and Justine kind of take turns bringing people on that we know from different aspects of our lives. And then um, we let our guests actually pick what we're going to talk about. So, like, our podcast is completely guest-driven. We talk about whatever it is that they, like, let us know ahead of time.
0: And I love that. And I love how you open it up with the true uh, two truths and a lie game you play with your guests. That's always fun, I think. Even though I don't even know your guest, I'm like, ooh, let me see <laughs> if I can guess the lie. <laughs>
2: what's fun is sometimes like justine won't know the guest or it's my first time meeting the guest and i'm like how am i supposed to know the truth for someone i've never met before but (laughs) it's it's a good icebreaker because um i remember one time when i first heard about the game i just thought it was so fun because it lets you get to know somebody briefly like you, you like it's a quick way to know three or two facts about a person and it kind of like loosens them up and gets them more comfortable to really dive into whatever it is they want to talk
0: about on the episode. Absolutely. And your guests bring it. I have to say, I mean, sometimes the truth, I'm like, that's definitely got to be a lie and it ends, ends up being the truth. So I definitely think your guests put a lot of effort into, um, you know, really bring in their A game when it comes <laughs> to the game. So I think it's, I think it's a great way to open up the podcast. So I love that.
2: Yeah, they definitely want to keep making us lose the game. (laughs) So Desiree, is there
1: anything that has really surprised you about doing um, a podcast?
2: Um, I guess some of the behind the work stuff that you don't realize because it's so easy to be like, oh man, I have a lot to say and I think people would want to hear it and like record it, but there's a lot more that goes into it. So I thought it was a real fun learning opportunity to see like the behind the scenes, like um, even just like getting equipment and getting this and that, like that kind of, I didn't realize how much went into it, but it was also really fun cause I was kind of looking for a challenge. So that kind of was the most surprising part for me was like the logistics of it all.
0: Is there anything that you've learned about yourself or that Justine's learned about herself through this process of, you know, kind of just putting it all out there? Yeah, for me, like, um,
2: I try to be a really open person in general, like I kind of have no filter, (laughs) which (laughs) my friends kind of like about me. But um, I feel like by being so honest, and just saying what I'm thinking that like, it's been therapeutic for me, because I think it's so easy to get wrapped up in life and hold stuff back and kind of let stuff fester, that like having an opportunity to be in a completely safe zone, and just whatever's on your mind. It's like, I don't know. It's just really therapeutic. I know I said that already, but I love the idea of just being completely myself and having other people around me get to do the same.
0: I admire that about you guys, like I said earlier, because I have found it hard at times to maybe be my true authentic self. Um, and that is something I've just always struggled with, I think, in general, about putting myself out there, whether it's on social media or in friendships and on this podcast. And I know Jessica is a lot, has had a little bit of an easier time, I feel like. I don't want to mm-hmm. speak for you mm-hmm. in doing that. But in listening to you guys, it really, you, you both are so confident and i I'm a little bit older than you, but I admire the confidence you guys have in yourselves to just put it out there and say it like it is, and I think you guys do a really nice job with that.
2: Thank you. No, like, I think it's even brought me and Justine closer together. Like, it's been something that's kind of really developed our friendship. But do you ever worry about, because I,
1: even though I'm confident about speaking and talking to people, but sometimes I hold back because You know, the people that I don't really know that listen to the show, that's fine or great. But I think about like if my mom were to listen or if my family were to listen, do you ever worry about what they are thinking when they hear your podcast, if they listen to it? Like I I would some of the stuff I would just be so embarrassed or died if I talked about in front of, um, you know, certain family members. So that's where I kind of get held back on.
2: So definitely, yeah, there's a (laughs) lot of that fear that you have because, like, you're like, what if my mom listens to this and that? So it's like I try to say whatever it is I want to say, but at the same time, I always try to be respectful, like, because there's a difference between being honest and being malicious. So it's Mm -hmm. like I never want to be honest where it would hurt somebody. So I definitely hold back, like, if, like, something would be unsensitive, like, insensitive or something like that, I would definitely hold back because that's kind of not what we're about. We want to like uplift people. So it's like, we would never want to do anything that would like embarrass somebody or mm-hmm. make them uncomfortable, you know, cause that's not really what we're going for. So yeah, I definitely understand that feeling because you never know who's going to listen or who's going to find you. And God forbid a coworker hears something that about you and you're just like, Ooh, Oh, yeah. I put it out there. No going back now. Right. <laughs> right. Very true.
1: So uh, Desiree, why don't you share a little bit about your kids and your, your journey to motherhood?
2: And um, so I laugh about it because I considered myself a young mom, but I know in reality, it's probably not that young. Um, but I was, 25 when I had my daughter and it was like, I think only a year after being married, we had been together like five years already, but, um, it was only a year of being married when we found out we were expecting. And, um, I wanted a baby more than anything. And so like, you know, I did everything to make sure I had a baby. I did the ovulation kits, this and that. And it's like, by out you're pregnant and going through this like super exciting journey and everything. So it's like, that was awesome. And then um uh, then you get to meet the baby, right? And she comes and she's just like everything to you. And I, like I loved being a mom. Like, you know how everyone thinks their baby's so perfect? I was definitely <laughs> one of those. Like my baby's the best baby. Like if I had to pick her off the shelf shelf, I picked the best one, right? And Aww. um <laughs> Yeah, so it's like I just completely like dove into loving being a mom and Then we got surprised with our son, um, because, I mean, uh, I was breastfeeding, and so there's, like, other birth controls that are, um, like, less effective. And so, surprise, (laughs) baby number two was on Mm -hmm. its way, and my baby and my daughter wasn't even two yet. Um, She turned two, I think, 10 days after her brother was born. And then all of a sudden, you have two kids, and that's a game changer. And then this like well put together mom, you thought you were, is, uh, is like a mess now because <laughs> you're not sleeping, <laughs> and you know you you essentially have two babies because that two that's still a baby too, you know, like mm-hmm. so it it was it was very overwhelming. And then around that time is when we started to notice things different about our daughter, because it was like it's. It's weird, like, I know everyone's like, don't compare one child to another because they're completely different, which is totally understandable, but um, as I was seeing the development of my son versus some of the stuff that my, how my daughter was developing, I started to have concerns, and it, it kind of just was a journey since then. (laughs) Yeah, it's hard not
1: to compare them, though, I mean, especially with my three, when, you know, the girls are growing in, in height and weight and little Chase is just so little compared to them. And, and I forget that there are other kids out there that are his size still, mm-hmm. um, but it, it is hard not to compare because mm-hmm. it's just what you know. Yeah, it,
2: and especially because uh, my daughter, um, her name's Ellie, uh, she was my first kid. So it's like a lot of times when you're a parent like your first kid's kind of like your trial baby, right? You don't know Mm -hmm. what you're doing. (laughs) You're just figuring it out. And so it's like when the second one comes, you think, you know, you got it figured out, but that baby's completely different, whether they're a typical child or not. So it's, it's hard to see the signs of like, if you're just being a crazy, like, Oh, they're smaller, they're doing this. Like, or if it's actually something. And um, just the other day I was like going through the timeline of when I first started to reach out to my daughter's doctors, and I think I, the first time I reached out was even before my son was born. Um, I reached out at like one of a half, one and a half at tippy toe walking, and it's just like, wow, did I secretly know then? And it's just, it's really hard to like not compare and wonder what's normal and what's not. Um, so it just, it was it's a fine line to wonder if you're over worrying or if your worry is le- like legit, you know what I mean? Right.
0: Well until, do you mind just kind of sharing, um, the journey of officially finding out that your daughter did have autism and that something was not maybe, you know, right, I guess. I don't know if I want to use that word, but you know, that something really was maybe a little no, bit No, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yes. So,
2: um, I didn't actually find out that she had autism until, like, a month after her fourth birthday. But there was little hints here and there before, but every time I went to her doctor, they kept telling me that, like, oh, some kids do that. Like, it's only a concern at this blah, 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 you know. So it's like you never know if you're that crazy mom sending this all these emails to the doctor and you're just bothering them or if, you know, all these concerns actually end up getting to a diagnosis of something so for me i noticed the tiptoe walking which um at first it was cute like oh look she's walking on her Mm toes. and then god forbid you look up dr google and they tell you what's going on right very dangerous and (laughs) yes because it gets you down this tunnel of like oh like all of a sudden you think you have cancer right so it's like (laughs) i'm trying to stay off the internet talk to the actual doctors right and then um it was just like um, it didn't, it became more prominent as my son was getting older and I saw what a typical fit looked like versus the fit that my daughter did. And so I think at three, at that point, my son was one and I could really kind of see the behavior difference. And I had reached out to the doctor and they had sent me to a behavioral specialist because I didn't necessarily think it was autism. But I definitely knew that I was struggling to get her behavior under control. And it was so hard not to just think maybe it was like a result of me just being a bad mom. You know, like maybe my kid's not behaving because I'm doing something wrong. And so I go to behavior specialist and then they kind of confirm like, oh, no, I think she's fine. Like here's some parenting classes. They they called her strong willed. And so, of course, I was like, okay, they, they told me they think she's a typical child. Okay, let's do these parenting classes. You know, maybe some of these techniques will help get her behavior under control. And so I kind of just went home and, you know, continued trying to parent my child to the best of my abilities. And then as she got older and as my son got older, I was just like, no, like there's something different. And so I reached out again, um, I think four or five months before her fourth birthday and I had went to the behavior specialist again and I was just like you know can you really help me I'm struggling like she's going to be starting school and you know like I really want to get some of these behaviors under control so that I'm not getting like phone calls from the principal every day you know like I don't know like the school life yet so I was you know just trying to prep for it and um he was giving us some techniques and like was sending us home with some pamphlets of stuff to try and then as we were leaving um Ellie threw one of her fits That's what I call them. (laughs) And he saw it and he instantly stopped us from leaving. And he's like, okay, I'm referring you to have her tested for autism. And then me and my husband were just like, "Whoa, autism. Well, we thought maybe this was ADHD. Like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and we were kind of, kind of caught caught off guard. But a couple months later, we went in and uh, she got her diagnosis that same day. And then it's kind of been... A new journey ever since that moment
0: wow what was it like to receive that news as a mom
2: um so like I I don't think I'm a super sensitive person like I don't really cry easily but um it was a very weird moment because I'm they're sitting on a couch and your your child's in the room with you and they're like just in the corner playing with toys and they looked at me and they were saying a bunch of medical stuff that I don't understand because I'm not a doctor. Right. And then they say, okay, so we think that she is on the spectrum. And then you're just like spectrum of what does that mm-hmm. you mean? autism?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they told it to me and instantly like I just started like crying because I didn't know where it came from. I didn't feel anything ahead of time. It was just like those words left the doctor's mouth and I couldn't stop my crying. And then my husband was just in disbelief and he's like, are you sure? Should we go get like a second opinion? And then, you know, the doctor's like, no, your child has autism. And like for me, it was so hard to hear that. Like not that autism's a dirty word, but when you have like your baby that you love and is the most perfect thing in the whole wide world, and then you hear someone say that there's something different about them and that their life isn't gonna be normal it's kind of like almost grieving the child you thought you would have and that process in itself is really hard to move past
1: Desiree I can totally relate to what you were thinking when Chase was in the NICU um, he wasn't gaining weight he wasn't growing and these doctors were throwing all kinds of things out at me dwarfism and Um, need all these genetic tests, things like that. And that's what it felt like. I felt like grieving. I kept thinking about all the things that, you know, even though I know there's so many things that our kids will be able to do, I kept thinking of the things he may miss out on, that he wouldn't have, Mm -hmm. you know, this life that, you know, you, you dream up for your kids, whether it's playing sports or, you know, whatever. Um, So I can totally relate to that, 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 that's exactly how you feel when those words come to you. Yeah.
2: And it's like, I really can't think of another word for it because everyone has these dreams of what their child's going to be and all these like exciting things for the future. And then you realize that there might be some things that your kid just won't be able to have Mm -hmm. or, you know, won't be able to do. And it's kind of, you know, heartbreaking to to have to reimagine what their future looks like, and especially in the beginning because, like, I I didn't know that much about autism because I honestly, when I went to that appointment, I thought it was just a list getting to the bottom of what was truly going on with her. I didn't realize that was what was going on with her, and I kind of felt a little naive that I didn't. Realize it sooner, you know, like, but who wants to think that there's something different about their child, you know, like it, your mm-hmm. child's the most perfect thing in the world to you, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. So, are you coming up on about a year of getting the diagnosis?
2: Yes. Yeah, so, in June, it will be a year. Okay. And I have definitely come a lot farther than I was when I heard. Um, I like, I obviously, it's my child and I still love her no matter what, but I, Like I feel like my love's grown even more if that's even possible because like I'm just so protective of her and uh, I just feel like I'm going to be her biggest advocate forever and I'm just ready. Like it's like it's weird, a weird thing, but it's like I'm ready for the fight. Like no one is going to fight harder for her than I am. And like it's like I'm putting on my battle armor and I'm just like ready to charge and do everything I can to give her the best life possible.
0: No, I. I that's great. I mean, that's the attitude and I think commitment you, we would all take for our mm-hmm. children. And I applaud you and just being an advocate for her and um, continuing to be an advocate for, her, I know that you will continue that her entire you know, childhood, maybe adulthood too. So how, I mean, what are the next steps when you get a diagnosis like that? Is there different techniques they teach you oh. to do at home?
2: So, um, it's actually like it was just all kind of like overwhelming because they're throwing all these things at you right away. So it's like she just got this diagnosis and like two days later you're getting all these emails from different therapists, speech therapists, occupational therapists, behavior specialists, and there's all these different, you know, people contacting you to help start getting her the services that she needs. So currently my daughter is in speech therapy once a week and she does ABA therapy therapy um, four days a week, which is, um, applied behavioral analysis. And, um, so she's there pretty much all day, similar to school. So since we kind of found out about her autism a little late, um, compared to some parents, um, we decided to skip preschool and then just kind of devote all our time to ABA to kind of help prep her for kindergarten and normal school. Um, I mean, regular school, sorry. We don't Mm -hmm. like using that word normal, I guess. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I mean, every parent's kind of nervous for their kid to go into kindergarten, right? I mean, it's just a natural worry. And then for a kid with autism, there's other factors. Like uh, we had to get her an IEP. And um, so that's kind of where you go. It's the individual education plan. So we had to go in and pretty much get her tested again. Like that's what all of these things feel like. It's just you're bringing your kid to get tested over and over because everyone wants to do their own diagnosis, right? Just to kind of figure out her needs. So it's like, we went through that again with the IEP and luckily for us, they decided they wanted Ellie to be in an integrated classroom so that means that her class would be half typical kids and then half kids on the spectrum. Um, because my daughter imitates well, they thought that she would really succeed in a classroom with typical peers.
1: Okay. Well, have you have you seen um, improvement uh, in her behaviors with with all these therapies and treatments?
2: Yes, definitely. Like um, she's only been in ABA, I think seven months. Um, And I feel like I've seen a huge improvement and it kind of makes me angry when I think about it because I had reached out to them when she was two and three and like, you know, trying to get help. And I just think of all the improvements she could have made if they would have just helped us sooner instead of disregard, you know, like Mm -hmm. telling me that she was okay when you know like she could have been in these programs so much sooner just seeing how amazing they've been working for her I know everyone's experience with ABA is different but for me and my child she loves it I've seen so much improvement and I just those people like I I love them so much for because they they help my daughter you know and it's just been amazing to see the improvement in such a short period of time.
0: That's incredible. Kudos to those people that mm-hmm. work with any child with special needs. It's a, it's a calling for sure, and I know that it's definitely something that they they are very um, special people mm-hmm. that do that. Yeah. So, what has this taught you about yourself as a mom, or just as you know a female, uh, you know, just a, you know a regular person? Like, what has this really taught you about yourself?
2: So I feel like this diagnosis, um, even though it's my daughter's, this is my daughter's journey. Like autism is not about the parent. This is her life and I'm just a supporting character in it. And I'm just there to help her and mold her. But like at the same time, I do feel like her diagnosis did change me too. I feel like it made me more patient. It made me understand. I I had to completely change my parenting techniques for how to parent an autistic child because the way you parent an autistic child isn't the same that you do for a typical one you know so to me I felt like it made me a better parent because I was now more patient and like there was not that like autism defines her but it definitely helped me see like okay some techniques aren't going to work for her so what can I do to parent her the way she needs how can I support her the way she needs and because I had to like step back and see that not all parenting techniques are going to work for an autistic child. I felt like in a way it made me a better mom than I was before. And I like, I can't thank my daughter enough for that. You know, like I feel like she's taught me so much and I feel like I'm definitely better because I have her around. And even as a person, it's made me kinder, you know, more understanding of just people in general. Because, like, I value my friendships so much right now and, like, I know that, like, I'm going through a hard time and just seeing the compassion that my friends have brought, you know, and just being there for me, that's, like, uplifted me as a person, too, because, like, I value friendships so much and I've never felt so supported than, like, when this experience happened to my family.
1: Well, and that leads to my next question is, is how do you think um, moms could better support their friends and their mom friends that do
2: have a child with special needs? Yeah. So when I thought about that question, I actually called up Justine, my best friend, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I talked to her because I was kind of wondering, like, you know, you have typical children and I have, you know, a daughter on the spectrum and like, I wanted to know how she thought she was supporting me and so that I could let her know, you know, what I thought I was receiving from it. And though like she is a great, a support system. The one thing like we talked about that I not necessarily, um, wanted, but maybe I wanted less of was the comparing like my child's behavior to yours. You mm-hmm. know, if that makes sense, because, um, When your child's autistic, there's definitely something different about them. And so when there's like a behavior that happens and you're trying to vent to your friend about it and then they're like, oh, my kid's crazy and does stuff like that all the time. Like, I think from like her side, she thought, oh, like that's going to make you feel better. That way you're not alone. But for my side, it kind of felt dismissive of what I was going through, you know, trying to be a parent of an autistic child. So, like, for us, we communicated back and forth on, like, what I thought my needs were from her as a support, and we just agreed that it's just to listen, you know? Like, like no parent in general, like, expects their friend to have the answer, right? And mm-hmm. same with a parent of a special needs. I don't need you to have the answer. I'm just having a hard time. Can you listen to me? And then I, I got it out in the universe, and I feel better, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? So that's kind of, at least for me, because I can't speak for all parents, you know, of special needs, but for me all I want is just my friend to listen and be that like support when I'm having a hard time. Like I don't necessarily need them to change just to listen, you know?
0: I think that's great insight for you to share for all of us. And um, just sitting here, as you say that, I mean, have you been able to find friends or make friends of other, um, you know, children who are on the spectrum or have autism? Have you found some other mom friends that are in that, in that kind of group and where you're at with your daughter and been able to find some comfort and, or some ways to connect with them in a different way than you would maybe the friends you had already? So I'm actually
2: like, um, I don't really have anyone else in my life right now. I have a cousin whose son has autism, but we're not very like close and her son's a lot older. Um, So I've tried to connect with her, but besides that, there's not really, anyone I know in my life right now so I like don't get me wrong I would love to have another autism parent um because I feel like the comfort of getting to someone who fully gets it would probably be amazing but I what I do is I actually listen to podcasts (laughs) there's some (laughs) podcasts out there um that are about autism and the moms go on there and they talk about it And to me, like, even though I don't know these people, um, I just love connecting with people through podcasts in general. So, funny thing, that's kind of been my outlet to be able to connect with other autistic parents is by listening to people who have a podcast about it. And it's been really therapeutic just to listen to them tell their story and their journey. And so, to me, that's kind of been my outlet with, like, contact with other autistic parents is just, you know, listening to other podcasts about it. That's great.
0: Mm-hmm. I think there's so many resources out there in so many ways, I'm sure to find support for whatever you may be going through as a parent. And you know, I think that's a great tool as well. So um, what do you so what do you guys enjoy doing as a family um, on the weekends when we're back to a normal life? I mean, <laughs> I, I know you you and you've talked about y'all go to Disneyland at least once a year. Um, what are some fun things y'all do besides that? Or you want to share about some of your trips that you guys do as a family? yeah so we definitely
2: don't try or we don't let autism stop us from getting out in the world yeah it's definitely more difficult to get out in the world there we we have our woes but um we love going camping like my daughter loves nature she loves anything or odd um artistic you know like she loves chalk and colors and so we constantly like go camping or go to the ocean we like during the summer hopefully once this is uh, everything's back to normal we can go back to the lake and stuff like that like, it's kind of like our way to bond and we it's just it's nice to get out and like just be in nature and our daughter loves it we love it It's relaxing and it just lets us escape from everything else
0: so important to be outside no matter what I think with our kids they do learn so much just being outside and exploring on their own so I think that's great that y'all spend the time outside and camping I don't know if I'm into camping though like a nature <laughs> walk <laughs> I just wish we could get around the block without one of them whining about something
1: that would that would be my ideal get them out of the house <laughs>
2: yeah definitely
0: well I really it definitely has its challenges oh I'm sorry (laughs) for sure no you're fine you're for sure well Desiree I really appreciate you sharing your story about having a child with special needs I know that there are many moms out there who can relate to your story or will find comfort in your story and um, so I really appreciate you coming on and sharing about your daughter so can you um, share with our listeners real quick how they can find your podcast Sip and Indition Oh, yes. So
2: we're on Instagram. Um, you can follow us at Sippin and Sippinandition um, with no G's. <laughs> and then we're also on um, all the podcast platforms. So you can just go to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or whatever listening platform you just hook us up and you'll be able to find us. Um, but we We just love doing it and it's been a great outlet and it's let me connect with people like you guys. Like I, I am just so in awe of this podcast community and how supportive everyone is. And I've been exposed to so many great podcasts just by having one. So it's just been the greatest blessing in my life.
0: We completely agree. It's such a supportive community of, um, podcasters supporting other podcasters quite honestly no barriers or any kind of um, lines drawn no matter what kind of topics you're talking about we're all about supporting each other and I think that's great so um, there's something out there for everybody so well thank you again Desiree we really appreciate your time thank you so much Desiree yeah
2: Yeah, thank you for having me this was so much fun
0: of course anytime (laughs) thanks bye bye Please be sure to join us next week for a brand new episode of Bunch of Mom Sense. We look forward to talking to you soon. And if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to leave us a five star review. Thanks.
1: Thank you so much for listening. For more episodes, please be sure to subscribe Bunch of Mom Sense on your favorite podcast app. Visit our website, www.bunchofmomsense.com. And you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram, Bunch of Mom Sense. Thanks again. Till next time.